0: You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. My name is Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's podcast, I'm going to be chatting to Ramona, and she's going to be sharing her story in overcoming tocophobia. Ramona is currently pregnant, and she's due late this year, and she's going to be sharing her experience of going from experiencing panic attacks, being on meds because she can't sleep, to now being a glowing Insta mummy, who is adoring being pregnant and is looking forward to her birth. Hello, Ramona. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thank you for having me, Alexia. I appreciate
0: it. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of an intro so that we know a little bit more about Ramona, what you do, what, what, you know, what your life's about?
1: Yeah. Um, yes. So I'm Ramona. I am I live in Minnesota um, in the United States. I'm married. I currently have a large fur child, um, Great Dane Mix dog. He's like my current current baby currently waiting on first baby to come in September I'm a mental health therapist by day I'm actually a trained social worker but went into the clinical field um, doing mental health therapy I've been doing that for like 10 years and I specialize in like treating PTSD. So let's go to the beginning of this story there Mm -hmm. where does this story begin for you? Yeah I would say The beginning of my story is probably after I got married I think probably in between so I got married at 26 we had kind of always talked about like waiting to have children not having children was never a part of the conversation because I never thought of myself not having kids Um, but I always was like weirded out by it like I was like oh yeah like that's cool but like why do people think birth is beautiful? It's disgusting. Like that's not beautiful. There's nothing beautiful about that. So I always kind of had that, but I just thought it was like, I was grossed out by it like normal. Cause I think a lot of people would say like, yeah, it's kind of gross. Like there's a lot of things involved and whatever. So we'd agreed to wait for a while before having kids. Like we wanted to travel and we just wanted to kind of relax. And we were in no hurry to have children, which was awesome. We were both on the same page um, and I think that somewhere along the line, I had sort of put this number out there that I would have kids when I was 30. And I don't know why I did that. I think it was like, a, I was trying to hoard off like family members. That's for asking you like immediately after you get married, like, when are you having kids? Right? Like, that's like the next progression of things. So I think I said that to like, maybe try to shut people up a little bit. <laughs> But also I was like, well, that seems like a good age. Like we can have fun the rest of our 20s. Like 30 seems like a great age to like start a family. So for some reason, this number was in my head and it wasn't until my 30th birthday, like something snapped. And like, I, if you know me, I am a birthday queen. Like I love my birthday. Like I make a huge deal out of my birthday. I have a birthday month and I like really fell into this weird place. Like I was dreading my 30th birthday. I couldn't figure out why. And then after I like fell into this really weird, like just anxiety spiral. And it was obviously because I'd put this number out there. So my family's like, okay, like your 30th birthday, you're going to get pregnant. Right. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) what have I done? And so like, that's when it really kind of, started to spiral and I started to second guess whether I wanted children and that was kind of my first clue I didn't know it at the time but I was like I was like I don't know if I want kids like I think that I've been like lying to people I think I lied to my husband like and I felt bad for him because we had never that was never part of the conversation like it was like we're gonna wait but we both know that we want them Um, and so I was kind of like you, where I was like, I felt like I was going absolutely insane. And I was like, there's something wrong, but I don't know what it is. Like I have panic attacks when I think about having kids, I have panic attacks. when I think about getting pregnant. I'm in this serious anxiety and I don't know where it's coming from. Um, and that was probably like a good, like two years that that went on. And in between that, it was like, my husband would kind of check in and say like, Oh, like, do we want to start having children? And I would be like, don't even talk to me. Like, I don't want to have this conversation. No, we're not going to start having children. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Luckily I have a very supportive husband and he was not, he wouldn't push. And he would just say like, okay, that's fine. Like, he's like, I'm in no hurry either. I'm just checking in. I think where he became concerned and where I became concerned was when I finally said, what if I can't do this? Or what if I don't want this? Like, does that mean we need to get divorced? Like, do you want, absolutely want children? Is that a deal breaker? And that's kind of where things started to kind of bubble to the surface was like, there's something off here. And it kind of came out of the blue for him too. And he's like, what is going on? (laughs) Like there's something else underneath. And it wasn't until I actually got into therapy. So I started therapy for just different reasons. Like I'm a, a therapist myself. I was in a horrible job where I was really, I was working with kids that had really intense trauma and I was feeling traumatized by the work I was doing. So it was like, I needed somebody to help me with my burnout, my compassion fatigue, but I also had a lot of other things going on with like body image. So like my body image stuff really came to the surface too. That's always been an issue, but it really spiked. Um, And I think that was probably my way of controlling the pregnancy stuff. When I look back at it, I think I put my anxiety into my weight and my body and how it looked. And I started to try to control that. So I was kind of like there for my job, but I was also like, okay, I I've always had these body image issues. They're really starting to spike. I need to like work on this. And I have some other, like, I would just like to have less anxiety. Like I have anxiety. I would like to have less of it. Um, and it wasn't until my therapist started kind of bringing up, we kind of just, through conversation started kind of talking about kids and where I saw my relationship. And obviously like the pregnancy conversation comes up when you're talking about body image. And I I just kind of started to talk to her about all of these things that have been happening that I really a couldn't talk to anybody about because I didn't know how to talk about it. Mm. Because when you say that you're scared of pregnancy Everybody says, Oh, I was too. It's normal. And I would have to, and I was so sick of trying to explain, No, I'm not just scared of it. I will try to avoid this like the plague. Like, I am doing everything I can to not do this. Like, I am not normal scared. I am like having panic attacks at the thought of being pregnant scared. Like, I'm like, You're not having panic attacks. Like, you're not, this is not the same but it was just really like people just don't get it and they just kind of think you're crazy or they're like they really really invalidate what you're saying um and i think it's cuz they don't get it either <laughs> and so we kind of started i kind of started really voicing all of these things to her and she was like there's like something here like she just is a fantastic therapist and she just was like there's just something here. Like this is like, almost like you're reaching like a phobia level. Like when you talk to me, it's like somebody who's scared of public speaking or somebody who's scared of snakes. Like you are getting to this level of like almost phobia, like levels of like, where I could almost look and try to like diagnose something going on here. If she didn't know something, she was going to figure it out. And she started researching and She's literally the one who found this (laughs) and comes to me and says, I figured this out. And I'm like, what do you mean you figured this out? (laughs) And she tells me that there's an actual condition and that it is an actual phobia and it exists, but nobody knows about it. And I'm just like, I can't even tell you in that moment how I almost feel like that cleared some of my, my talk phobia right there. Like it was like this weight was like lifted. And I was like, I am not crazy. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not weird. Like there is a name for this. Like I knew this wasn't normal. I knew that there was like something wrong with my thought process about this. And it was like such a relief to get that news and that information. And that's literally how I found you like she through her research found all these resources and you were one of them Mm. and then I kind of just started researching myself and I dove in headfirst and I started reading everything that I could and educating myself about what was going on.
0: So you started researching and so whereabouts in this journey where are we on this journey?
1: Yeah I would say yeah, I was probably 33. Like at this point, we're probably a year out from me okay. getting pregnant.
0: When you found out that it had a name, did, did you think, okay, I can sort this out. This is great. Now I know it's got a name. I just need to do bish, Bosh bosh. And then I'll be fine. Or, or did you then go, oh, okay, I know what it's called. But now what? Like where, what did you do with that information once you found out it had a name?
1: Yeah, so I, being a therapist myself, kind of, basically dove in and I was like, okay, I, I'm, I need to treat this. Like I'm going to figure out how to treat this. So a lot of my research was my therapist and I were both doing our own research outside of session. And we were kind of coming together kind of as therapists together and being like, okay, what did you read that you found is helpful for this? What did you read that you found is not helpful? And the interesting thing is it's really hard to find any information that's helpful because this is not widely known and it is something that i mean nobody even knows exists right so yeah. basically we were kind of centering our search around the perinatal mental health world yeah so we were looking at like perinatal therapists like people who specialize in working with pregnant women um, women who are experiencing infertility, women who have had, experienced infant loss, um, traumatic births. We were really centering our search kind of around that area and basically kind of boiled it down to a couple different couple different modalities that were recommended, which I disagree with both of them. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, it really was like CBT, which... Anybody in like the therapy world is always going to say CBT, like people are going to say, Oh, CBT can help that because CBT is the old fashioned way of therapy. It's, Mm -hmm. it's what we've been doing for years and years and years, and it does not work for everything. And I feel like it's a very general version of therapy that is applied to lots of different situations. And sometimes it works really well. And sometimes it doesn't, um, and exposure which exposure therapy is basically like exposing yourself to what you're scared of so much that you're not scared of it anymore. <laughs> My therapist brain is like, how am I going to expose myself to something I haven't done yet? And I'm not going to be exposed to until I do it. Right. I interviewed a couple different therapists that were That's- perinatal therapists. They specialize in this. And I kind of asked them like, what would your approach be? And a lot of them were like, I'm going to use exposure therapy. Here's how we would go about it. And I just like in my soul as, as a therapist, I do very specific trauma work that is a version of exposure, but it is a very gentle version of exposure and is very trauma informed. I have a soapbox about exposure therapy and I won't go there, (laughs) but I have a soapbox about it and I don't love it as a modality. So, I got really hesitant and my soul and my body was just like, no, like I, I, I don't feel like this is right for me. I feel like exposing myself to the negatives or potentially exposing myself to something is going to traumatize me more. And I just felt that. So basically I started with you and I started with an Instagram page that I found, um, pain-free birth. It's amazing. Um, So I started with you and I started kind of looking through your material. I joined um, a a couple of Facebook groups. So I kind of started searching Facebook and I I would just type in like talkophobia. And I ended up finding this really wonderful online support group on Facebook. Um, And those were kind of my three places. And in between that, I kind of told my therapist, I'm like, I like, I'm going to go here. So like, basically I was kind of like, I'm either going to try to find a therapist or I'm going to spend my money elsewhere on other resources, like your class, Mm -hmm. pain-free birth classes. I'm going to spend my money somewhere and I need to decide where to spend it. And so I decided not to pursue therapy since the answers I was getting, I was not I was not liking, I didn't feel like exposure therapy was going to be good for me. Um, And so I basically decided to sign up for your course and I started there Mm. Um, and I kind of started just taking classes and I I worked through it really slow at my own pace um, while exposing myself to very positive birth stories. So pain-free birth is all about very positive birth stories. Um, She highlights just the most beautiful, empowering birth stories. And she really talks about like how to empower yourself in this process. And the support group was so helpful to just say like, I'm feeling like this. Does anybody else experience this? Can anybody else relate to this? And you would get so many people that would say, yes, I can. And then you would have conversations with those people. We'd be in messenger, we'd be talking And so that general support from other people who understood was like essential. So those were kind of my like areas that I started dipping my toes in. Did you sign up and then find out you were pregnant? Like what was that? Or did you know that you're pregnant and then
0: sign up? What was the order of?
1: Yeah. So I signed up, um, did not start the program right away. I kind of had like a few months where I really kind of just like lagged. I don't, it was summer. Also, I think was a little bit of an excuse to avoid, not going to lie. So I will say there was a little bit of avoidance, but there was also just like, I was like, I need time to really immerse myself in this. Like, I don't want to start this and like do it like half-assed. Like I really want to dive in and do this. So I think I started your courses like maybe in the fall. I had also started working with a personal trainer and doing some really good work on like my body image, how I looked at food. Um, So I really was kind of immersing myself in like this fitness journey that was like, not just a fitness journey, but recognizing like, I need a better relationship with food and I need a better relationship with how I'm treating my body while I'm working out. And I also kind of started your courses at the same time. So it was kind of this like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was like, I turned 34 and I was like, here's what we're doing. Like September is my time, like a new leaf. Um, so started in the fall and then I found out I was pregnant early January. Um, and so like, I did not, I was through your course and had worked through your course before we actively started trying to get pregnant. And that's kind of what got me in a place where I was like, okay like maybe this will go okay <laughs> then you start then you booked in for your calls because I think when we first started working yeah.
0: together you were like <clears throat> seven weeks pregnant is that right
1: yes so I very quickly panicked when I found out I was pregnant I very quickly went down I was gonna ask you like what was that when that news landed when you realized you were pregnant what was that like? yeah uh it was a rough like, I would say, found out I was pregnant, immediately was like, this was stupid, I regret this, I take it back. Um, <laughs> Every single anxiety, fear, panic that I could possibly have bubbled up in the biggest way possible, and I spent probably the first five weeks, like, pretty much every day, panicking about something, having anxiety attacks, having like meltdowns to my husband, very seriously contemplating terminating the pregnancy. Like I was just like, I, I need to make a decision here. Like I need to make it soon. And so through his support and then through kind of my own thought process. I'm like, you know what? No, like I, I just felt like that wasn't right for me. Like that was, I, I figured going through something like that was going to traumatize me more. I'm like, I know myself. If I make that decision, I'm not going to come out of that well. So I was like, I have to go through with this. So what am I going to do about it? (laughs) So I scheduled calls with you. That was kind of my, like, I went through your course and I hadn't scheduled my calls yet. And that was sort of my like cue, like you need to schedule your calls with Alexia now. Um, and then I also at the same time got in with a perinatal therapist and started working with her. So basically just loaded myself up with support, um, between the two of you. And then I was in that support online support group, probably every day, like here's here's what's happening today and like got so much support from that group too my my
0: my recollection of your journey was that things started shifting quite quickly for you yes Mm exactly yeah so just talk us through that because we we worked together what four weeks so talk talk us through that that the the beginning of that that journey for you and how how you started changing how you feeling like you know the shifts that you're experiencing
1: uh Definitely. Um, like the fear, the fear clearance is that you taught me right off the bat. Like I did not hesitate to dive into them. Um, and I think that's kind of important. Like if you really do want to get on the other side of this, like it's a lot of work and it's really intense work, but it also, if you put your mind to it and you actually dive in and you commit you can actually get over it pretty quick if you really want to. <clears throat> so I dove into the fear clearances that we were doing. And at the time I had been not sleeping. So I I also had to take, I was taking medication to sleep at night because I was so anxious and I had so much going on that I was not sleeping. And the, what cued me in to, cause at first I was a little, I was like, this is kind of weird. Like I'm sitting here and I've got my hands on my face and I've got my hand on my back of my head and I'm just like repeating mantras. I'm like, you're, yeah, you're describing the head trust clearance method. Yes. And I'm like, this can't work. Like I just, <laughs> I can't just like sit here and talk to myself. And like, so I was a little bit, but I was like, no, like you need to be open-minded. Like, and my first clue that something had changed was I would do them before bed and got into this routine of doing them at night before I went to sleep. And within the first like six or seven mantras, I would start yawning. And then as I would go through them, I would get more tired and more tired and more tired. And by the end of this mantra, which probably took me five minutes, maybe 10, but I would say between five and 10, they're not, they didn't take very long. I was exhausted like felt wiped out. And I slept, I started sleeping and I was not taking medication and I was sleeping and I was sleeping through the night and I'm like, okay, something's happening here. My body's releasing something because this is outrageous. Um, and I had been working with my therapist on like different things, like different things to help me sleep, relaxation techniques, all these things. But it was like, something's happening because I'm like sleeping and I'm tired. And I mean, I would shut my laptop and I was out and I would sleep through the night. And so it was not, I mean, that was after I would say maybe night three of doing those. I started like I started sleeping and then I think it was probably like I did them consistently every single day while we were meeting Um, and it was probably like, I don't know, like our third call maybe or something where I was like talking to you and you were like, that's an interesting change in language. Like, (laughs) what's that about? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like feeling kind of (laughs) good. And I just thought it was because I was finally sleeping. Um, But no, it was because I actually was like really kind of working on bringing all these things to the surface. And I think it, it wasn't only the fear clearances, but it was like forcing myself to think about these things and talk about them because I think that like, especially like in my work as a therapist, I do trauma work. And so people come into my office and they have been not talking about or thinking about this thing for a very long time because Mm -hmm. they're like, nope it's going to be too hard. It's going to be whatever, but internally it's causing all of this chaos. Like you're not avoiding it. Your body is telling you the story every single day, but you think by not talking about it or by not thinking about it, you're helping yourself. And I think just even making myself think about those things and you making me make a list of all the things that freaked me out from the tiniest little things to the biggest little things I was like, just recognizing some of those fears, honestly, I let them go. And I didn't even have to do the clearances because I just was like, I acknowledged it. I'm like, yep, I acknowledge that I'm terrified of this. And then it would just kind of, it would just kind of clear itself. And in combination with my therapist too, I'm doing kind of the same therapy with her that I do in my own practice. So I was actively also working on this trauma therapy with her where I was clearing a lot of fears and doing a lot of work around phobia and anxiety. So like those two things together were like huge.
0: And we hit upon an interesting trauma
1: that that I, I
0: picked up on where I felt there was a parallel mm-hmm. between the pregnancy and the body image stuff. Do you want to share what that was?
1: Yeah. So as we were talking, we kind of talk, we we're kind of talking through kind of a lot of the physical aspects of birth and pregnancy and what those things are that trigger me the most. And you kind of made this connection and you asked me how I felt about puberty. And I was like, um, I hated it. Like I, was terrified uh like you know all my friends were like I can't wait to get my period right like like it's like this female like rite of passage thing and they talk about it and they're like why don't I have my period yet why don't I have my period yet like everybody else has theirs why don't I have mine I was a late bloomer I didn't get it till I was 16 and I was like this is great like you all have to deal with this and I don't and I hope I never have to And so there was also this like avoidance of that and that process. And when we were talking through it and you asked me what it was like when I got my like period, I was like, I literally woke up that morning, realized what was happening. And I actually passed out. Like I literally like was on the toilet and I fainted in the bathroom and I was home alone. Like, um, but i like passed out and i to this day i'm like i i didn't know why i had that reaction and it's it wasn't you know like a sight of blood thing it wasn't it was just like that's how my body responded to that moment like it was like total overwhelm total shutdown and i kind of felt stupid <laughs> like i'm like okay i do this every single day like i work with people all the time that have these traumatic experiences and here i am like I think that might have been kind of a traumatic experience for me and I would have never I would have never placed my finger on that Mm -hmm. that that was something that had really kind of shifted things for me in terms of like how I thought about my body and what my body like my body functions that's a very normal thing and that that was something that was anticipated it was something that I had a lot of knowledge about It was something that we got talked, school talked to us about it. My mom talked to me about it. I had all this knowledge and I knew it was coming, but when it happened, it was like total loss of control. And that's kind of where it stems back to is like, I have, I have always had a huge need for control in my life. Mm -hmm. And that has driven Most things I have done, and it has driven most of the decisions that I have made up until this point 34 years. I have made most decisions out of fear, like avoiding something I'm scared of because of loss of control. Mm. And in that moment, that was like, This is something I can't control. This is happening to me, and this is something that I would rather not have to deal with. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) but I don't have a choice because it's my biology, right? So that was like a pretty big shift into why I also was looking at pregnancy and birth in the same way, because I'm like, it's something that happens to me. It's something that I cannot control. And it's something that there's going to be a lot of changes, like physical body changes. So that was like, that was a huge piece of information that I was missing. So then you went to clear that trauma. Was that with your trauma
0: therapist? And then (laughs) did. would it be fair to say that once that trauma was out of the way, it was kind of downhill from there on?
1: Honestly. Yeah. Like that, um, the session that I had, so I did, you gave me a trauma clearance on it, which I did. And then I brought it up, I brought it to my therapist and I said, Oh my gosh, I literally made this huge realization. And she was like, all right, that's our next thing. So in our next session, we did a session on that where we used the protocol that we used to clear the trauma. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly a huge catalyst. Like everything from there got so much easier. And most of the things that I thought that I needed to work through, I was able to just be like, Nope, that's good. Don't have to work through that. Nope. That's good. Like it cleared so many different things so for many
0: people there is always going to be there's a trauma at the root of it it's just kind of high discovering what it is yeah. so mm-hmm. once you clear that one everything just collapses because it everything's just it's like a mm-hmm. like a mobile on the ceiling once you pull the main one down all the other stuff falls down with it you know yeah. after that it sounds like your body image issues that you had kind of went with it is that fair to say yeah. Because then I, I remember, like, joking with you, I said you're going to win those Insta mummies,
1: showing off a bump every week. Yeah, like, totally am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I I've done, I did do another session with my therapist on just general like body dysmorphia, body image, um, and I worked through a lot of those experiences throughout my life, just as a female, like as a female in society, we get lots of messages from lots of different places that were not good enough unless we look like a certain person. And I worked through a lot of those, like just a lot of like, you know, dating relationships that were really unhealthy or the way that I looked at my body, my whole life that I was comparing to other people and it was never good enough. And so I did a lot of that work as well, alongside of this with her Um, And that's been like crazy. And along with my, my personal trainer too, like we, she has worked so hard with me on using exercise as honoring your body and Mm -hmm. seeing it as a way to move your body. And she's taught me how to like eat to fuel my body. There's no bad food. And it's like all of those things were things that I had struggled with, where it was like I was restricting. I had certain foods that I didn't eat. And all of that all together has just really doing all of that work side by side with each other has made a huge difference. And like, you could have never, like, if you would have told me a, that I'd ever get pregnant. I mean, that was probably, that was like something I didn't think would ever happen, but b that I would enjoy the process. And that I would be like, purposely wanting to wear like tight fitting dresses because I think I look cute. I would have been like, like, this was so far from my brain. Like it was just so (laughs) my husband said this weekend, we had our baby shower this weekend and he, we were talking after the baby shower at night before we went to bed and we were just like reveling in how loved we felt. And he's like, you've turned into one of those cute pregnant girls And I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, like you were just so worried, like you were so worried about what you were going to look like and how this was going to impact your body. And he's like, you're just walking around here, like taking pictures with like your belly hanging out. He's like, you've just turned into one of those cute pregnant girls. (laughs) And I'm like, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So at what point um in
0: that journey then do you feel that you you actually overcame talkophobia? Was there a point where you think,
1: yeah, this is it. This is behind me. I've done it. Yeah. I would not classify my fears that I have now. I would not classify them as talkophobia. I would classify them as like, I've never been through this and I don't know what, what it's going to be like, like very normal, those normal fears that, anybody has when you haven't been through something Mm. and you're wondering what it's going to be like on the other side. Mm. It's just very normal. Like I'm, you know, hope that I'm worried about the baby's health. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my birth process and wanting it to go as well as it can. Like, so that we both are very healthy and we both are very happy at the end of it. And it's none of that I would classify as tacophobia fears it's just like very general like okay I just want this to go as smoothly as it can and I just want everything to work out the way the way that it's supposed to so when you think about birth now which is what like three months away ish mm-hmm. for you how, how yeah. do you feel about that I really feel like I honestly when it when I think about it I'm like I'm going to do that like I don't know how it's going to play out and I don't have all the answers. I have an idea of what I want it to look like. Like I have this ideal birth and it is very peaceful and it's at the birth center and it's very calm and there's a lot of support people around me and I've visualized this birth. I've, I'm manifesting this birth, but I also have this message of like learning how to really hold that very loosely And knowing that I'm going to rely on people and trust people around me that if something needs to happen that I don't particularly want, that that's something that is being told to me because it's in my best interest. Mm -hmm. So I feel very confident in myself. I feel very confident in my partner, but I also feel very confident in my team. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the word that comes to mind when I think about birth is just like, there's this level of confidence that I would have never, I would have never thought that I would get there. And
0: it sounds like you've got, you know, like you've invested in this pregnancy journey quite significantly from the sounds of it in terms of probably money that you spent on professionals, but also the time the inner work you've done, the fitness work you've done, the nutrition. I mean, it sounds like yeah, this has been a real like it sounds like you've really taken this incredibly seriously, which is brilliant. I have.
1: Yeah. And my a lot of my midwives are pretty impressed. Like the first midwife I met because I kind of when I did my intake with the birth center, I kind of told them I have this phobia. Like now I tell the whole world about it, like no one's getting away from me without hearing about. What <laughs> <laughs> about of phobia? I feel kind of bad. But so my intake at the birth center, I'm like, I have this phobia you need to be very aware of this. Like you're going to have to change the way that you treat me and speak to me because of this. And there's going to be things that I'm not going to be okay with that other people might be. And so the midwife came in at my first appointment and she, she was approaching me kind of cautiously. Um, and she just listened and she kind of took everything in. And at that point I had already had a doula, like found my doula. I was already signed up for my childbirth education courses which I'm doing through pain-free birth um I basically had all my ducks I was talking about how I was working with you like I had all my ducks around and she goes wow like I have never seen somebody this prepared like you really know what and I'm like it's because like this is what's helping me like what's helping me is knowing what I'm getting into making sure I have support and educating myself like crazy. Like there is no stone unturned here. So like, yeah, I am taking control of this because it's my birth and I'm the only one who's going to do it. Like nobody else is going to take control of this for me. So I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it the best experience I can. Like in case I ever want to do it again, if I ever want to do it again, I would like this to be a very positive experience and not something that i'm dreading in the future i mean everything you've just said is just music to my ears because
0: i just wish that like you know it's it's it because it is such an important event in mm-hmm. a woman's life you know this transition from you know becoming a mother is, is is a real moment and i think by preparing in the way that you have and that lots of other women do as well means that they're just stacking the odds in their favor, that it, they're going to come out with a positive experience and let's not be yeah. a positive experience is going to live with you till the day you die you know and equally yes. a negative one does too so hey let's make this a good one exactly it's, this is great for yeah. everybody if it is a good one and you've like okay i've got this i'm gonna get everybody I yep. need i'm gonna get my support i mean you just you've just done it and it's brilliant and it just I, I i'm so i love it i just love hearing everything that you've done and actually you've You've invested in all that and it's paid off. And look at you now, you're feeling fabulous. Yeah. that's about what's coming. And and you've overcome a really bad phobia that a lot of people really struggle with. I mean, you know, yeah. no one's heard about it. And yes, it does affect anything between 15 and 30% of women. So it's not insignificant, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you list, so, so for those women that are listening that do suffer from tokophobia with your experience, the journey that you've been through... Um, And also with the insight you have as a therapist, what would your advice
1: to them be? I would say definitely like talk to somebody like it. I don't care who it is, if it's a trusted friend, if it's your spouse, if it's your therapist. And even if you don't know how to describe what's happening or you don't have the right words, you feel like you don't have the right words, just like try your best. To go to somebody who you know will validate you and support you 100% and just say like this is what's going on and like I don't think this is normal. I think that this is like above the level of anxiety that I should have about this and let that person help you, guide you, or just talking about it sometimes can just help you motivate you to say like, what do I want to do about this? Or Mm -hmm. maybe I need to learn more about this myself. Um, I think there's like, you know, I always tell people I work with like the monsters in the dark look a whole lot less scary when you open the door and you turn the light on. Yeah. And I think like, that's a huge part of this is I think it's so lonely. Like that's the biggest experience. That's the biggest thing I can remember is just like, it feels so lonely because you don't know what's going on because you've never heard of this. And everyone that you talk to tells you the same thing. Oh, that's normal. And once you have that baby, oh, it does nothing matters. And it's like, okay but I'm not, I don't even want to go through the process of getting the baby. Like that's what you don't understand. (laughs) Right. So you hear the same thing and you just start to feel, you kind of start to feel outside of it. Like you kind of start to feel like I'm, I'm a female, but I don't fit in with any females. Like I'm not a part of my own, my own gender, my own, people, my own, whatever word you want to use, because I don't feel the same way about this experience that you do. And so just don't be lonely. Like don't Mm -hmm. sit with it and don't let it like, don't let it eat you up from the inside. Like talk to somebody, ask for help, research, like do whatever you can to just shed some light on it because it will get a whole lot easier once you actually know what it is and you can like ask for the right support. And do you
0: think it's important that people find people who get it and know it? Do you think it's important for them to find somebody that understands the condition and therefore find maybe specializes in it or has got insight into it or what's your view on that?
1: Yeah, I do think that it's hugely beneficial. Like the support group that I joined on Facebook, Um, It's called Tokophobia Support Network. Um, So that group was so helpful because it was like, it was validation for the first time. So it was like, no one's going to call you crazy. No one's going to tell you that it's normal and everybody goes through it. Um, So yes, that's a huge, huge, huge component. I also think that if you can't find that, like if you're struggling to find that and if you can't find somebody who relates... There's nothing wrong with going to somebody and just saying like, I need some help researching or I need some help finding somebody. And if you go to a professional and they write you off, find a new one. Mm -hmm. Like if you like, that's the biggest thing. I think there's so many people, especially in my work as a therapist, like I've seen so many people that have come to see me that have had bad experiences in therapy And they stuck with it because they just felt trapped or they felt like they couldn't ask for a new therapist or they felt like they couldn't. If anybody, if you go to a professional and they are not willing to sit with you and beside you and do the work with you, then they are not worth your time and they are not worth your money and you should be out of their office so fast and you should be finding someone different.
0: (laughs) Earlier, you mentioned that exposure therapy and CBT wasn't really techniques that you really wanted to pursue for yourself. Do you think CBT in the context of tocophobia could work for someone for many people or is it do you, do you think it's just not given what you know about CBT and what you know about You're just not sure whether it it would work. What's your view on using yeah. like CBT?
1: I think that every every therapy has its has its use somewhere. Um my experience with CBT um, especially when it comes to anxiety disorders, which, you know, tachyphobia, if we want to get really technical, we could put that under an anxiety disorder. Cause that, that's kind of where all the phobias live. Like all the phobia diagnoses that are out there kind of live in this anxiety disorder category. The problem with it is, is anxiety doesn't respond to logic. <laughs> yeah. And CBT is a logic therapy where it's like, you're challenging thoughts and you're really learning about what your thought process process is that of course could be very beneficial like i've learned a lot throughout my course of this just like how to shift my thinking and how to like look at situations differently has definitely been helpful so i do think that it has its place however i don't think that you're going to get full relief from a phobia, anxiety disorder, by just doing that. You need to have some kind of body therapy with it because you need to learn how to rewire your brain and your body to respond to fear differently.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you can't do that when you're scared, your thinking brain isn't online. We don't have access to it. So telling someone in a panic attack to change their thoughts they're not even there. They can't even comprehend what you just said, let alone change their thought. (laughs) So I think that if you are going to do CBT, I would really encourage you to try something in addition to that, like EMDR, um, eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing, um, ART accelerated resolution therapy. Um, those are the two that I do. I'm doing ART myself with my therapist and that's been really amazing and it's Mm. really really proven to be effective for phobias um so that's kind of my two cents on that yeah and I would add to
0: that I think the um, the head trash is an energy psychology technique Mm. where the energy system is an interface between mind and body so that's Mm -hmm. why that can work very fast because you're actually accessing both through energy modalities like that yeah so that brings you that very fast relief that that you clearly yeah. <laughs> went through as well with yes. the shift that yeah. you went and be able to sleep better and all of that mm-hmm. so wonderful well thank you so much Ramona for sharing your journey and I think that's going to be so inspiring for those women that are suffering and um and I'm going to invite you back for another conversation because I really want to dive more into this body image puberty yes so speak, conversation because I think there's a lot more we can talk about there. So we will yeah. be having another conversation for those of you that are intrigued about this, because I think this is an, an issue that so many women wrestle with Um, that I cannot wait to go back into this. So we will be chatting to Ramona again very, very soon. But until then, thank you so much for coming on to be a free podcast. It's been brilliant.
1: Yes. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so excited to talk to you again and to everybody else. So.
0: You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more fear-free childbirth content, inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.